When my daughter, who is now in college, was little, I used to read to her when I put her to bed at night. One of our favorite stories was The Velveteen Rabbit by Marjorie Williamson. Maybe it's one of your favorites, too. Not only is it a very good story, it is a profound one, as it asks one of the most fundamental questions of life and of religion. So the other night, actually about 1.30 in the morning, after we left a bookstore midnight party release of the final Harry Potter book, I asked her what she remembered about that story. She remembered it all. More importantly, she remembered the point of the story. Let me refresh your memory with just a few lines from the book. There was once a velveteen rabbit, and in the beginning he was really splendid. He was fat and bunchy as a rabbit should be. His coat was spotted brown and white. He had real thread whiskers, and his ears were lined with pink sateen. On Christmas morning, when he sat wedged in the top of the boy's stocking with a sprig of holly between his paws, the effect was charming. For two hours, the boy loved him. But in the excitement of looking at all the new presents, the velveteen rabbit was forgotten. For a long time, he lived in the toy cupboard or on the nursery floor, and no one thought very much about him. The only person who was kind to him at all was the skin horse. The skin horse had lived longer in the nursery than any of the others. He was old and wise and experienced. What is real? asked the rabbit one day. Real isn't how you are made, said the skin horse. It's a thing that happens to you. When a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. Does it hurt? asked the rabbit. Sometimes, said the skin horse. Does it happen all at once, he asked, or bit by bit? It doesn't happen all at once, said the skin horse. You become. It takes a long time. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off, and your eyes drop out, and you get loose in the joints, and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all, because once you are real, you can't be ugly, except to people who don't understand. Once you are real, you can't become unreal again. It lasts for always. The little rabbit wanted to know what is real. So do we all. My daughter and I got into a discussion not only about the meaning of real, but about the difference between real and reality. You see, though they seem to be the same, they're not the same at all. Reality deals with what is, and the accompanying consequences, as in the phrase, reality check. It's conditional, existential, dependent on time and circumstance. So it's changeable. Sometimes it's used to explain different levels of perception, referring to what is reality to one person and not to another. Or it might refer to what we sometimes call an alternate reality, which means something that's real only if you have a different frame of reference than most other people. Real, on the other hand, has to do with what's genuine, authentic, true, 
It tends to last, to be constant, even as fashions of thinking and behavior change. People long for what is real. For a number of years, I was a standard contributing editor to one of the world's leading religious journals. One day, over lunch, as the associate editor and I were discussing the nature of differing religious perceptions of reality, she said, I'll support anything that is real. Understanding what is real and what only appears and claims to be real is critical to understanding our world today. People who behave in dramatically opposite ways try to wrap themselves in the same religious banner to attain acceptance and approval. Wrong or misguided perceptions lead to faulty decisions and actions that result in costly consequences that might have been avoided. For what is an authentic Christianity, an authentic Islam, an authentic Buddhism? Are those who claim the name actually true believers or not? Just because a person says they are a Christian doesn't mean they really are one. In this course, we will learn what constitutes real, authentic versions of the major world religions. In doing so, we will learn how to distinguish the real thing from its shadow imitations, even though they may appear to have all the right trappings and seem to say all the right words. Not only will you know what really is going on in the world where religion is concerned, but you will be better able to contribute in a positive and effective manner to the dialogue about real religion and real faith in the real world today.